Welcome, Welcome to, to <laughs> Haywood's take on Hollywood. I don't know why I wanted Sorry to Sorry about that. that echo. Someday we're going to have to do more than one take. Someday. No, that was on purpose. Yeah, for those who don't know, <laughs> we never do retakes or cut or really edit these. No matter songs. how badly they may need them. No matter how badly Jake screams into the mic. Should we refine our opening? Absolutely. Will we? No. Absolutely. Probably not. No. Today we welcome a very esteemed guest, a man who you all know personally. Um, and if who, not by name, then by face. His his name is almost synonymous with film itself. And if not by face and name, by reputation. And if not by reputation, then smell. It's Ian Martin. Hello, Ian Martin. Hello. How are you? I'm doing great. We're recording earlier in the week than usual to accommodate to this Provo boys schedule. He he lives in Provo now. I wanna I wanna yeah, Provo boys. A he's from term. Eden, Utah. He's from the Ogden Valley. So I'm Valley he's a, boy. He's a Valley boy first and foremost. Yeah, I don't consider Provo my home. It's my temporary home for now. Eden is my home. Have you or have you not done summer sales? No. Okay. I then you're never. okay. Then you're okay. I think he'd sell too much. That's true. Um. Ian is Sarah's older brother. Um, He is a year younger than I am, and yet leaps and bounds ahead emotionally, intelligently, spiritually. Yeah. Physically. Thank you. Yeah. Um, And before we dig in, I want to say a fun little fact about Ian, and that is that he's an entrepreneur. Yes, sir. He's recently come up and designed with something that I feel like should have existed since the dawn of the sport. How has it not? Which is the pickle paddle. Ian, tell us a little bit about the pickleball pickle paddle. The pickle paddle is a pickleball paddle with pickles on it. Could have said it better. <laughs> Could have said it better myself. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Sarah and I have our own personal set. He sells them on Etsy. Yeah, Etsy uh, at the Pickle Paddle. Um, there's two different designs. I have green balls. I have... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> He's got green balls, folks. <laughs> By reputation, I told you. I sell green balls. I have green balls. And then uh, I also have bags to carry those paddles and balls and stickers and patches. Pickle Paddle. They're on Instagram, too. Amazing. At the pickle paddle or should i say the pickle paddle the pickle paddle and to get 10 percent off use h uh let's see what is it h-t-o-h-10 h-t-o-h-10 on the etsy shop h-t-o-h-10 for 10 percent off this is good our first sponsor ian's paying us thousands of dollars for this (laughs) yes yeah i am I'm putting all of my money that I've made from the paddles into this advertisement. This is lovely. <laughs> we have tens of followers. <laughs> this is a great investment. Um, like I promise you, you will make a sale on this. You will make a sale. H T O H ten on Etsy, the pickle paddle. Anyway, shameless plugs aside, we're happy to have Ian here. I've watched many a film with Ian the Martin. 
and I plan to do so more in the future. And without further ado, let's get into our questions. We sent Ian some questions. Some of us gave him more prep time than others. What is prep time but a way to overthink an assignment? Especially about oneself. I value spontaneity and truth. Ian, would you have valued more time or do you agree with them? Um, I, I do like some time to prepare, but Same. I also, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so yeah, yeah you know. I also yeah. literally watched the movie, uh, two hours ago. So, all right, well, let's start. I'll start with my question in what makes or breaks a movie for you? For me, <clears throat> um, I'd say humor makes or breaks a movie because I, I mean, that's just, I would say comedy is my favorite genre. Yeah. Um, well, you picked a couple b- bangers in that category. Right. So. Right. And so when it's done well, it's just phenomenal to me. When it's done poorly, it's almost the worst thing ever in the world. Yeah. <laughs> just forced bad humor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. When There's... someone like thinks they're funny, but isn't. Right. But nobody's saying anything. That's like. So how is it being uh, a brother-in-law to Trevor, I guess, is what I'm asking. <laughs> it's rough. It's rough. Yeah, I'm his least favorite. I break a movie for him. So just a good funny bone, you know? Yeah. That movie's got to have it. Yeah. Very, I agree. I think even movies that aren't comedies, if they have a, a nice little comedic element mixed in, it always enhances it, I feel like. Right, yeah. Because even a movie, yeah, that's not supposed to be a comedy. If it has some good comedy in it or character comedy or whatever that, you know, situation, it's not like just a slapstick joke, you know, or something like that. I find I find stuff like that funnier when it's more subtle within the character or the writing or something like that. Right. Now, you like comedies. I know you also are very big into animation. You're studying graphic design. You, You make nice art. You appreciate nice art. So what does animation seem to be? Why is it something that you're drawn mm. to? That was a break it for me. That was a break it for me on this podcast. Yeah, yeah this, this podcast is now broken. I, I agree with you guys. I would say cracked Unfortunately. is the more specific <laughs> way of saying that. Well, I've always, I've always loved art. And so it's just something that draws me to animation just because I feel like it's... You know, well, it's just move. It's moving pictures, right? You know, <laughs> moving art. Um, but also, um, I used to do a little bit of stop motion myself with Legos, um, and so I, I would say stop motion animation is one of my favorite um, versions of animation as well. That's so cool. Did you hear about like the fourteen-year-old kid that yeah. made the Lego stuff for the Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse movie? Do you hear about the person who did the same thing as you significantly more? Uh, like, <laughs> who did it way better than you ever could have. And he was 14, Jake says. Um, Ian Ian has has an account, Ian and Chuck. It's been a while since he's probably done an yeah. actual stop motion on it. But he also has an extensive, in- incredible, impressive Lego collection that uh, would pr- put this 14-year-old kid to shame. 
I don't know. Ian and Chuck has a new follower in me. Thank you, thank you. I will probably post sometime next year or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. Uh, no, I, I'd love to post more. It's just another thing. Right. Um, but also, yeah, like I just, I just value the time and effort it takes for animation, obviously, because I have a little bit of experience. I haven't done much within 3D or 2D animation. I've done a little bit. But I just, I just love the craft. Yeah, it takes a lot of work that... Yeah, a certain kind of work that just, you know, filming live action, you don't have to think as much about the element of like, I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of difficulty to the craft, I would say. And uh, also I'd say you could do a lot more with animation than you can yeah. just in normal life. So you can be as creative as you want, which That's I true. also enjoy. All right, so you're stranded on a desert island. You have three actors or actresses, and their sole purpose is to just entertain you. Who would you want it to be? Who do you who do you pick? So, is it all right if one of them's gone, dead? Oh, dead? Yes. Yeah. I thought you said God, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, I don't know what this means. Morgan Freeman. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Is that fine? Is <laughs> yeah, God I'm fine? Like, no. <laughs> like, uh, I guess. Entertain me, God. <laughs> yeah, it's okay if one of them's dead for sure. Yeah, all time. Yeah, I promise. I'm a little bit more humble than that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I f- first off, thinking about uh, oh, brother, where art thou? There's right. an actor that's in a lot of the Coen Brothers movies. His name's John Goodman. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I love him. He's just a good. Good boy. He's so funny. Um, in any... I, I just love him in every movie. Right. Big uh, Lebowski's so funny, too. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, uh, Raising Arizona. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. He's yeah. great. He just... I don't know. He can just do whatever. And, it, and I always enjoy it. John Goodman. James P. Sullivan. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's great. And then, second, I'd say uh, Taika Waititi. Oh yeah, because well, I know he's a director and an actor, but I I think his humor is super funny, and I think he could entertain me very very well. Right, and he's yeah, he's great on screen, but not only that, he's great at coming up with ideas because he's a director, and you know, I feel like he would be very good at coming up with random sh- to do. You'd have to be pretty creative if you're going to be on a desert island to find ways to entertain, and I think he's a creative, so that'd work. He'd be resourceful with his ways, not just acting. Good pick. Good pick. And lastly, uh, I would want Robin Williams. Yeah. I, I love Robin Williams, uh, even though he's gone. Like I said, not God. I mean, he could be <laughs> God. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> I was hoping you weren't going to pick a dead person. And you just asked <laughs> if you could. And then you just didn't. You just picked another live person for your third one. Wait, wait, is he? <laughs> wait. Tupac? No, it was just it would have just been a funny. That would have been funny. Anyway. Name a woman. <laughs> nah, just the boys on the desert island for Ian. Just the boys. All right, Jake, let's get your questions in. I'm excited about this. Ian, what is your favorite movie of twenty twenty three so far? So far, I'd say Barbie. Oh, I love Barbie. <laughs> Excellent choice. He named a woman, everyone. Yeah. Hey. I named he named a woman. a woman. He said Margot Robbie. 
Uh, excellent choice. Thank you. Um, what is a movie that never fails to make you laugh out loud? So I was, I was thinking of different movies other than the two that I chose yeah. today. Um, and I'd have to go with the other guys. I haven't seen it. <laughs> have you guys seen it? Yeah, it's one of my favorite comedies. My my buddy Trevor, I think he might choose that one. He's kind of debating which style he wants to go, but like we were talking, he's like, "Dude, we should do the other guys because yeah. it's so funny." Yeah, yeah. I think I, we watched it together originally. I, I think it's way underrated. I, I agree. Like, so funny. Who's in it? Um, Will Ferrell and um, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, and it's dude from start to finish. It's so <laughs> funny. Yeah, it's packed with some good stuff. Yeah. Well, sweet. I'm looking forward to seeing that one for the first time. Last question I got for you. If you had to be described as the combination of three movie characters, who would they be? Okay, so first off, I'm going to go with Carl from Up. Yes. <laughs> Great energy. Uh, I feel like, yeah, or lack of maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've always kind of felt like an old man a little bit in a way. You, you have an old soul. That is that is true. So I and I like Carl. He's he's a good guy, you know. Stand up guy. Um second, I'm gonna go with another Pixar character. Um, Wally. Yes. Um I was just kinda thinking about it. I, I'm pretty quiet. Wally's obviously pretty quiet as well. But he's also very romantic, which I feel like <laughs> I I am a hopeless romantic at times. I'm a little bit more emotional than I put off. Uh and so yeah, that's why I chose Wally. That's amazing. You could use these on like a Tinder profile. This is yeah, amazing. Right, right. <laughs> What's the third one? Third one? Hinge actually, but. Oh, Hinge? Okay. What's the, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not up to date. <laughs> You're like, you can find him. Yeah, if you find me from swiping. Uh, <laughs> uh, Discount you... code? I don't know yeah. how to. <laughs> Free pickle paddle. <laughs> Free pickle paddle if you buy me dinner. <laughs> so good. And third, I'm going to have to go with the dude from The Big Lebowski. The dude. <laughs> these are th these are great energy. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this is accurate. Thank you. Thank you. All right. <clears throat> well, my voice just went away. It's been gone for like two weeks. So it's a, it's a lovely time to be a podcaster. All right. My first question, this kind of plays, not plays off of, but it's like furthers kind of that same discussion is which director would you like to direct your biopic? So I'm going to have to go with the Coen brothers. I, I, I was thinking you would. Yeah. I was thinking you would, but you know, you know like you know. I, even though, I mean like, yeah, over oh, brother where that was my favorite, but mm -hmm. like all their other movies, I wouldn't say they're my favorites, but like, I just love their style so much. And I feel like it, Maybe they could direct an animated movie yeah, for your biopic. That could be cool. Yeah, they could do it. I Yeah, I think it's interesting when directors that typically don't do animation do them. Like Guillermo del Toro did Pinocchio, or like Wes Anderson with Fantastic Mr. Fox. I feel like when that happens, it is very special, and I feel like the Coen brothers doing an animation about Ian's life would be just a recipe for a good time, certainly. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we're, we're in a silly, goofy mood today. 
Um, so it's Halloween on Tuesday. We're still, I know we just finished up a month of horror. Um, but I'm talking not horror, I'm talking costumes now. If so, it's like if you had all the budget and all the, you know, any, there's no like restraints on what you could be. What would you want? What character from a film would you choose to be? So it's kind of simple, but I think a stormtrooper costume would be really nice. It's cool. like a really good, that would be cool to just costume. have. Yeah. I like that. I think, I think most people or maybe just most nerdy men or something have the innate desire just inherently to want to be a stormtrooper at some point. Or I just think like any armored dude, like Iron Man, that'd be sweet. Just like a full body of armor. You could be like Master Chief, Mandalorian, Mandalorian, Stormtrooper. Excellent choice. Thank you. I I feel like I see that in your future. I feel like you could, there's, you know, dudes who do it. And they obviously exist in the, you know, production of the movie. I feel like you could, I feel like this is within reach. I hope so. I, I we can, we can only I can hope. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is a hard question. We kind of talked about it actually before, and however you want to say whatever you want to say about us. I was just curious, you know, what I, I wrote. What is our collective worst take on film or specific movies? Like, if there's a movie, you're like, you guys are all dumb about this one movie, or if you're like, hey, uh, you guys focus way too much on blah 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 or you guys have a whole blank spot in this genre or director or anything or any critiques whatsoever about you know just us <laughs> <laughs> what do you not like about us <laughs> well i i honestly still can't think of anything let's not ask him any like, unfair questions there's nothing wrong with our podcast i yeah it is perfect and i was trying to think <laughs> of things that that can make it better, but honestly, well, I mean, right now it's better just because I'm here. True. But Your presence. <laughs> other than that, I don't think there can be any anything else that yeah. that can be better. You saw our full like warm up routine. So now you know like why it's so crisp and clean and yeah. professional on here. Yeah. And now you know that we all record in the nude, which we haven't told our guests yet. It's it's something we like to let our our guest hosts uh, just kind of experience, but there's that secret revealed. Yeah. It just makes us feel a little bit more vulnerable. So thank you for being vulnerable here with us today. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, it's made me feel very comfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, I was, I was hoping for like, Hey, you guys should like, uh, you know, studio Ghibli more, but you know, if, if, if there's nothing, that's okay. Um, sure. Okay. Do we have any other, uh, here? uh, Sure. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> sure yeah like studio give me more i don't care do whatever you want i think yeah, his, I'll, I'll i think it's something his critique would be that we shouldn't have asked that question i think <laughs> that's the only thing that's making me feel uncomfortable <laughs> <laughs> no i'll i'll think of something and then i'll he'll I'll, email us I'll email it and you guys can post it on instagram or something <laughs> ian's critique of the week <laughs> Like a weekly corner. I love that. And it's not the nudity. It's not the nudity. Oh, boy. Oh, well, it's been fun already, and we haven't even gotten to the films. I got to say, great picks. I think, especially, yeah, 
going out of the spooky season. We're just doing like a, a breakneck mm. turn into an excellent genre of film, which is comedy. And Ian, let's let you choose which which of the two films that you have picked. We've we've picked Napoleon Dynamite and Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Which of those would you like to first discuss? Let's just go ahead and go into Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Okay. I would love to. Jake is going to pull up our synopsis. Let's get cracking. Oh Brother Where Art Thou. 2000. Directed by, it just says Joel Cohen? Yeah. They they only direct, like one only directed uh, for a while because for the Academy's or for the uh, only one director could win. Really? Yeah. That's dumb. Wait. I'm pretty sure I, that's why. Crazy. They have a plan, but not a clue. In the Deep South during the 1930s, three escaped convicts search for the hidden treasure while a relentless lawman pursues them. On their journey, they come across many comical characters and incredible situations based upon Homer's odyssey. Ian, what do you like about this movie? I like everything about this movie. Um, Mainly, um, I just love the trio. Um of characters, the main characters, um, George Clooney, um, John Turturro and Tim Blake Nelson. Um, I think their, uh, chemistry together is just perfect. Um, there's just so many little things that they do together and their journey along the way is just super fun. It's not the treasure, but the friends we made along the way. Right, right. <laughs> which is the real treasure. It oh. is. That's beautiful. So the Coen brothers never have read the Odyssey. Homer's Odyssey. <laughs> <laughs> really? Um, I looked into some like trivia about the movie. All that they know about the Odyssey, let me see if I can find. They're familiar with it only through cultural osmosis and film adaptations. So, like, they actually never even read the Odyssey. They just kind of, like, know a bunch of, like, the stories and, like, just are like, let's make a Southern movie based off of this. And I love that because I feel like that makes me feel, like, better even just discussing this movie because I feel like I wanted to come into this discussion and be like, okay, so I I kind of brushed up on my Odyssey that I learned in, like, the fifth grade or whatever year we, like, kind of got, like, a little inkling into that. And I was like, yeah, I, I vaguely remember this, that, and the other. And so the fact that they were like going, to, like literally directed this movie, makes me just like love the vibes that they created even more. Yeah, and that's amazing. They so gave, like, they did give Homer a co-writing credit on the film, though. So that's just doing, shout out. That's just awesome. I'm no more about Super Mario Odyssey than uh, the Odyssey. So it's amazing. As does your son Max. I, yeah, if you even look like on the crew on Letterboxd, Homer is listed with like a, a statue. It's got to be like the oh, oldest yeah. callback, like like <laughs> writer of seven films, <laughs> <laughs> original writer of eight films, including oh. Troy. This is so good. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, he, I'm sure they do that with like the Bible, though. Maybe they're That's like, incredible. oh, and Matthew is a credit for this one too. 
Well, and I just feel like they hit the exact same points that like I remember from the fifth grade. Like, <laughs> and so it's like I'm like, oh yeah, I remember you know the sirens and the you know the the, the dude at the beginning, yeah, the, like the the blind guy. It's like okay, I vaguely remember, and they just I love that they just pieced it like that. I'm like, this is yeah, so it makes my experience watching it and talking about it way better knowing that yeah, i'm so excited you that. could watch it and not even know it's the odyssey yeah like yeah as well because like i grew up watching it and i'm like yeah mm. this is just a fun movie yeah but then like i realized oh yeah this is <laughs> the odyssey it's like it's like the odyssey kind of yeah, it's, like, yeah. Southern odyssey, it's amazing george clooney oh. is one of the most charming individuals that have ever existed and in the year 2000 he was so ridiculously gorgeous <laughs> and on the cover of every magazine. And I just want to say that I'm grateful to have been raised in a household with magazines. Um, yeah, that's true. With mom's beauty supply, we got like free subscriptions. She got like free, like us, like us weekly and, uh, and people magazine. So I'm going to say latest. something bazonkers that you guys may not agree with, but I stand by it. This is the best on-screen performance by George Clooney, in my opinion. It's my favorite. I think he is so incredibly witty and incredibly, like, his his body language, his eyes throughout, the way he talks. I am so drawn to his character in this. Obviously, Mr. Fox, for me, t- takes the cake. But, like, I think this might be my favorite role besides that. that he's I would playing. agree. He's just so dumb but smart and just like like horrible but awesome like just a crook but also just you want him to succeed well all his he's lines great. are amazing like he's written this is a perfectly written part my hair and so, <laughs> and so <laughs> he would just yeah it just the, it was perfect it was just perfect like the timing of everything he said and just like his explanations of things it's, it's perfectly written for and then yeah Clooney like took it to a whole nother level and i i agree i i, I have some other personal favorites but i like wouldn't argue it at all like i'd never be like oh no this isn't it's just not my personal favorite but yeah like yeah he's he's the man one of my favorites yeah i i just want to read some of ulysses uh quotes because i think i think the coen brothers do a great job with dialogue and just with speaking in a way that seems so funny, but also um, authentic and not so like crisp and clean. Like it's a very raw type of writing. Um, I think I've talked with Ian about this, just like the repetition yeah. or like just things that they'll do or say in the movie that you don't see in a lot of movies. Like when he kept saying, damn, we're in a tight spot. <laughs> and he says it like four times. But like, I feel like in real life, you probably do that all the time. Like, but that you just don't see that kind of thing in, in movies very much. There's another one that um, is Tim Blake Nelson when they're sitting around the fire and he keeps asking him if he wants some gopher <laughs> and he just keeps asking him and he just ignores him until the very end. And he's just like, like, no, I don't want that or whatever, whatever he <laughs> it's says. So good. But like I was, I, I did a school project for, or I took a clip from, uh, the movie to do an animated text assignment recently. So I was reading through part of the script and I was reading through that part and I was just like giggling to myself the whole time while I was reading. It's so good. I want to do like a reader's theater of this movie because it's just such a funny, just, I don't know. I'm sure they had just such a fun time playing these roles. Yeah. 
Um, another one is just when Ulysses is like, Pete, it's a fool that looks for logic in the chambers of the human heart. <laughs> and or just like, consider the lilies of the GD feel. <laughs> or like, he's just like quoting the Bible, but in like just the funniest ways throughout. And just his freaking Dapper Dan. I'm a Dapper Dan man. <laughs> like, it's just unreal. Like the hairnet scene. Just everything he says to me is just gold. I loved it so much. Fop is garbage, by the way. Garbage. <laughs> Absolute garbage. John Goodman, you mentioned earlier in the podcast. Yeah. I think he's hilarious in this. That scene was so unexpected. <laughs> and like I knew it would turn into something because I knew he was the Cyclops. Exactly. But I was like very confused about where it was going with buying, like selling Bibles, and then he's ripping off a giant branch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? And I, like those characters are so dumb because I'm like, hi, he's a giant man with a giant, like. Branch and he's gonna hurt you, and then they're just they, he just beats the crap out of them, and then he takes the frog <laughs> and smashes it. He just throws rough. it at the tree. I have to say the animal animal stuff was hard for me in this one. The cows. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to turn it I, off. I think this latest one, the hardest laugh that I that I had when watching. <laughs> he's like, oh, what is his name? The the thief guy. Baby, no, George oh, Nelson. Yeah. George. Oh, George, not the livestock, not the livestock, <laughs> and it's so sad. Just, you see the cows. <laughs> I hate cows. I hate cows more than cops. the cops. <laughs> it's rough. That was a tough watch for me. <laughs> well, and I think that's, dude. I think that's what the Coen Brothers do so so well. It's not just the you know the comedy, but just like something about the characters they create and like kind of some of the this is actually a little more on the linear side of their movies um but but even still it's a little it still feels kind of like a mixed bag you're kind of like going jumping from scene to scene it's like how do we where did this baby face guy come from and now this it just kind of jumps from place to place and they do that in a lot of their movies where it's like i I don't really know the point of this like what's going on but it's such a it's so well crafted and created um not only with script but just like how it how with with story and everything it's just and and it makes for these little moments of just like yeah like the funniest little things because they've they've got these little pockets to work with that that most just you just don't see from other from other um other directors and it's like you uh, you said Ian it's like they may not be your favorite movie every time but man it brings something to the table every single time and when it when it combines with something like this where it is like oh this is something that could be my favorite it's just gold it's just amazing yeah. when it when it all comes together and I feel like they have actors who understand what they're going for. And so if, if the actors know what's good about the movie, that's going to make a good movie. Um, I wanted to say a, high, a clear highlight of this movie, which is shocking it hasn't been brought up yet, is the soundtrack, yeah, which yeah. goes hard. I have one piece of one complaint before yeah. I talk about how good it is. And that is how not tuned the sirens are. I was dying because they were so out of tune. But other than that... <laughs> I feel like in a way it was charming though. Like they were, they were just so they brought you in whether they were off tune or not. I I mean, come on now, come on now, just fix it up in post. That's all I got to say. No, just kidding. Uh, And I don't think it was intentional or noticeable to (laughs) noticeable to most Uh, people. Layman. But girl, you got to tune that third. That you're like, you're like I can third. see how the untrained ear could see it that That's way. That's literally my sentiment <laughs> right now. I can see how you could be distracted by their beauty. 
But that major third needs some tuning, girl. They can turn me into horny toad. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, scene was gorgeous though i was I will so say, distracted that was though. hot i was so distracted by the it's funny what people can be distracted by <laughs> so <laughs> i'm distracted by tuning other than that though uh i know this soundtrack went like it was like an unexpected smash hit and it's like yeah it's I, really I have good. a thing in imdb here it says the film's soundtrack became an unlikely blockbuster even surpassing the success of the film itself yeah, I can see that. By early 2001, it had, it had sold 5 million copies, spawned a documentary film, three follow-up albums, two concert tours, and won Country Music Awards for Album of the Year and Single of the Year. It also won five Grammys, including Album of the Year, and hit number one yeah. on the Billboard album charts the yeah. week of March 15, 2002, 63 weeks after its release and over a year after the release of the film. I so can... this, this soundtrack went off. Crazy. absolutely see that it's really good i knew this soundtrack i didn't know the movie um but i had heard this music a lot and i had even taught some of these songs in voice lessons i helped a group um at the high school i teach at i helped them with they they sang uh man of, man of constant sorrow like just this last year and i helped them tune it and everything it was really great <laughs> very nice yeah, it's it's literally like that song is like in my rotation of songs that I listen to regularly. It goes so hard. I sing it all the time. My my yeah, my was my review this time is like play I am a man of constant sorrows at the club, you cowards. <laughs> you cowards. Yeah, I just and also it's obvious it's very clearly not the actors singing, which is fine. But the soggy bottom boys. The soggy bottom boys. Their faces while they sing, especially the two backups, when they just like put their face by the mic and just go so hard. The beard. I want to, yeah, and the beard and just like the yeah, the yodel scene is it goes so hard, and just the music. I love how they just like secretly become a huge hit, like and they don't even know it. Like they're going on all their other adventures, and meanwhile their songs like charting. And everyone's looking for him to get like a record deal. That's literally my favorite part of the movie is that that happens. I was laughing. And then how it plays into the storyline later on, how it like is central to the plot. That is, that is my favorite part of the movie. Yeah. And just the recording guy too. He's so funny. Like he just will pay people to come in and sing and just like the way, what is the actor's name? He, is he blind? What's his name? um, Steven Root. Yeah, Steven Root. Yeah, I just he's thought dead. it was so, like, he's in Get Out, too, which yeah. is interesting. He's in a lot of stuff. Um, but I just thought, yeah, just every character, Holly Hunter, or is it Holly Hunt? I always get it mixed up. Holly Hunter, she does great in it, too. Just bonafide. Bonafide. He's bonafide. <laughs> the daughters the whole time. Steven Root is Bubbles in Finding Nemo. Yeah, no, yeah, first and foremost, Bubbles. <laughs> he does great as Mr. Lund in this, but yeah, Bubbles, you may know him better by that. Um, bubbles, Bubbles. Bubbles. But bubbles. I feel like this, kind of what Sean was saying, just these scenes of this movie, it just feels like a great story. I mean, obviously, it's because it's based off the Odyssey, but just the adventure of the film and just where it takes them and the situations they find themselves in throughout, it just, it's like made for. Just a great movie. I don't know. It's just what we watch movies for almost. Well, and I was going to basically to piggyback off of that. I think that I've found 
every every rewatch has has gotten better for me. I think I started out at like a three and a half. I was like, oh yeah, that was good. Like I had a good time, and then I, it didn't even it didn't even take a rewatch. It just took kind of like just letting it sit and just letting it like feel like. Oh, remember that one, like that John Goodman, you know, tree scene or, you know, or whatever, like pops in your mind. I'm like, so when I think back on it, it's like, okay, it's probably a four. And then as, as I rewatch it again and like discover new things or just like, it all kind of fills in the little gaps that you get with Coen Brothers movies. I think all of them require rewatches. Did you just watch me do that? Is that what prompted you to say that? I literally was going in and editing it to a four star oh, from three and a half. Dude, yeah. That's, I feel like Coen Brothers can be that way Yeah, because there's, there's something you're just... It just doesn't like I'm a dumb dumb. Maybe it's just because I'm an idiot. And so I'll there's like movies. I just need some little more, you know, maybe yeah, like I said, a linear thing or something that just kind of like just ends on a major key or whatever. Whereas Coen, Coen Brothers, you think a of perfectly like, no, tuned major uh, third, if you will. Yes, there you go. But you get like No Country for Old Men where there's just like some you're, you're lacking some resolve and like, you know, characters, characters are doing just things that you, you know, or just name a movie from them. And it's there's something a little bit off. But you just like you, you you sit in it and but you they, nail the the they nail the vibe. They nail. They the nail the vibe. And that's that was carrying the full three and a half stars for me. But like yeah. as I think about it, it gets better. And I think yeah. that's a sign of a good movie. Is the more so you think too. about it, the better it gets. I agree. And I feel like they I'm are excited. masters of that. I think also having watched it once, you then know. I, I've talked about this a few times, but I think then you know what the vibe is, and so you know when you're in the mood for it. Yes. I was not in the mood for it today. And so that hence a three, but like at minimum three and a half, I think for anyone who watches this, when I am in the mood again, I'm very much looking forward to a rewatch. Yeah. I think with the Coen brothers, it's almost like the, they don't have much like recency bias or like first watch bias for me. Like I kind of judge them harshly for some reason, but like whenever I add to their score, like I get, I have it at a four and a half now. Like, I don't think that I'll ever, ever, ever rate it lower. Whereas some films, I'll watch it and be like, that was awesome. Give it a five or four and a half, whatever. And then I'll watch it again and be like, okay, this was just kind of, I rated it in the passion of the moment. But these ones, it's like, I don't ever see that going lower than what I have it. If anything, yeah, it'll be a five. But um, yeah, just great, great filmmaking. Um, Just a fun watch. I would watch it with anyone and have a good time, honestly. I got to tell you a funny thing that happened. So... This week, I watched it on my phone while I was at work because I was kind of pressed for time to watch both movies. <laughs> and, like, I was just working on my computer. And the person who kind of sits with me in the office was out doing something, an errand of some kind. And when they came back, my phone happened to be on, like, the KKK scene. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and so she walks in and, like, sees that. No. And I'm like, it's not what it looks like. They're, like, burning a cross. And it's, like, the full yes. giant mob of the KKK. And I'm like, no. oh, just everyone has had those moments where, you know, the parent or someone walks in and it's, like, happens to be that scene. Oh, it's just so funny. <laughs> I was like beat red too. I know. And I'm like, it's not like, what do you even, anyway, you got some Fox news, funny, funny moment. Is there anything else you want to add about this movie? Ian, what are, what are your, um, what other thoughts do you have about one of your favorite movies? I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, I, I guess what I said earlier about comedy in general, like, I feel like this isn't like a, just like there's jokes in it. I feel like it's very character based. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then also definitely the writing, you know, and just 
I feel like every character that's brought in that we've mentioned, there's just a little something special about each one of them, you know? Yeah, so, it's yeah. totally character based and it's a very satisfying ending. I feel like it like yeah. the it's a really, really solid, happy ending. Uh-huh. And I'm a big fan of that. Cool. Any other thoughts, anyone else? Just watch it if you haven't seen it. Highly recommend. Listen to the soundtrack. You've probably heard it. If you see a blind man on a handcart, or what is that called? A hand car? The thing on the train? Like a push cart, maybe. I can't remember what it's called. A rail car? I don't know. Yeah, the push. Yeah, anyway, if you, see, if you see a blind man doing that, just go talk to him. Hop on, Hop on and talk to him. I, I wanted to say that Trevor kind of looks like Joel Cohen right now with his hair. A little bit. I don't know what Joel Cohen looks like, but I, I'm going to take that as a compliment. Um, Do what you will with that. You know what else my hair kind of resembles? A tad bit is a certain teenager from Preston, Idaho. Namely, Napoleon Dynamite. Napoleon Dynamite, 2004, directed by Jared Hess. He's out to prove he's got nothing to prove. A listless and alienated teenager decides to help his new friend win the class presidency in their small western high school while he must deal with his bizarre family life back home. Napoleon Dynamite. Ian, what are your initial thoughts when you think about Napoleon Dynamite? Well, it's funny while you're reading the summary. It's like funny to like think that it has an actual like plot. a plot. <laughs> like it's it's funny that it like says it like that. You know, he's helping his friend to run for class yeah, president. Just an attempt at like giving a summary of that movie is just funny. <laughs> yeah, it's that doesn't even happen until most like halfway through. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's, it's not even like, until yeah, then and yeah. after then. Yeah, it honestly feels like almost like just like YouTube clips or like or like like. TikTok, like it's just like just individual scenes of this man's life uh-huh. that just happened to occur, and yeah, like I, I'd never even thought of a plot of this. Movie. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. Yeah, but I mean, a, a lot. That's what I think a lot of people give it flack for is it doesn't really have a plot, and yeah, generally I do like a plot in a movie, but the way that Napoleon Dynamite it just is is perfect to me. Like it just works so well. Just because, like, the way that the character Napoleon Dynamite is. Yeah. Is, like, just his way his, of being. Yeah, it's just his life, you know? It's just, <laughs> like, and all all his family and friends and other acquaintances in the movie. It's, a, it's kind of the same thing that I mentioned earlier. The character comedy, I feel like, is a big thing in this as well. I love that he was such, like, a, an outcast, like, nerdy, weird dude. But it seemed like there was no, like, insecurity about that at all. Like, he is, like unapologetically himself which is so cool for someone who's like like it shows him like being like bullied or stuff but it doesn't show him like even really care like and i just think in a way that's really inspiring and awesome that he's just such a weird dude but just like doesn't give an f about like what people think and it's just like he's yeah he just is himself and his his just his mind oh to be oh to crawl into the mind of napoleon dynamite you know oh to have the skills of napoleon dynamite (laughs) especially the shading of the upper lip (laughs) this movie in the realm of movies like quotable movies this is toward the top especially i think i think it was a nationwide phenomenon but i think 
like we're in Utah. This is like an Idaho based film. I think it was like especially like prevalent in our area and you could not escape the quotes throughout the entire movie, probably a hundred minimum quotes from this movie that like are instantly recognizable. And most of this movie is made up of those quotes. I I will go as far as to say, I don't think there is a, a line of dialogue that hasn't, I haven't either used or have heard used. Like I would be shocked if there was a moment that like wasn't quoted at some point or like referenced it's every little word. Yeah. And I mean, huge credit to, um, what's his name? Hess, Jared Hess. Like this is just like a small town budget, like in Preston, Idaho, a lot of, a lot of just like, it seemed like this film was never going to succeed in a way. Cause it's so like, I don't know. It seems like a student film from a high school. Yeah. Right. And, and you'd think that's like a bad thing, but it's just what we needed the world. <laughs> like this film actually surprisingly had a $400,000 budget, which to me is more than I thought it would be, but that's, it takes a lot of money to make a movie, right? Whether it's cause of, I don't know. It Paramount. Yeah, you have to somehow have to pay people. I don't know how Paramount accepted this. They probably just. I mean, it's undeniably good. That's how. But like, it's crazy that this just was able to happen. It made it ha- took four hundred thousand to make, and it made forty six million dollars. <laughs> so like a hundred and something, you know, times the amount of money. Just an insane turnaround. I think it's certainly up there. I need to look, but. It's got to be up there with like the highest percentage of like money made. I think per, it is like per money spent. I think it. I think it is normally on one of those lists of like that and like the Blair Witch Project are like lowest budget to higher yeah. highest gross. Um, and it certainly wasn't toward the actors. I'm reading right now on IMDb. John Heater was paid one thousand dollars to play Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> oh, that's nothing. The movie grossed over forty million. <laughs> uh incredible a thousand dollars well so okay me and sarah have recently like in the last year and a half become great great friends with people from preston idaho a group of friends they live in logan utah now and so they give us like i like talk to them i've been on a tour in preston idaho i've seen they showed me napoleon's house pedro's house we saw the school um just a lot of the stuff and i guess the director went just to college um with john hater and was like hey do you want to be in this film like john hater isn't even really like like he went on to act in more stuff but that was like not nowhere at all the trajectory of his life just completely changed he got a thousand bucks to be napoleon and he crushed it he destroyed the role of napoleon and now he gets in drag and sells out concert stadiums called the eras tour it's taylor swift have you guys seen those memes <laughs> <laughs> have you seen they're the most unflattering things to taylor swift ever but like when you finally realize napoleon oh dynamite is actually gosh yeah it's like when he gets in drag like kind of taylor swift Wow, Jake just showed us a meme of their faces next to each other. Yeah, maybe don't search their names next to each other because it's really unflattering to my girl, my one and only. Oh my um, gosh. But like, 
<laughs> that makes sense why I'm so attracted to Taylor Swift. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it was Yeah, it was very subliminal. Oh, uh, she's a businesswoman. <laughs> yeah. Like there's some roles that you're just born that people are, were just born to play. And and John Hader as as Napoleon Dynamite slash Taylor Swift. Just an incredible role. What a gift. Like, the stars aligned so that we could see that happen. Um, oh, my gosh. Anyway, the dance scene at the end was never part of the, the, like, the plan of the movie. Um, but the actor for Napoleon, John, would do a lot of dancing, like, off screen. And they were like, we need to, like, have some sort of dance. So then they kind of made it. Yeah, so that his the the climax of the film. Yeah, that's really, what I was gonna say. That seems like that was the point. Yeah, no. And then what would it be without that? I think they I were gonna just it. have. I don't know. Pedro was gonna win somehow. I don't. I don't know the other plan that they originally had. But then they're like, um, no, we're definitely gonna put your dancing in this. And so all of it was improvised. There was no choreographer. They're just like, go. Dang, we're cool. gonna play music. Go. And I think it took a few takes of just dancing to that song. And they clipped them together, but like, no choreographer for the most iconic dance in cinema. You're joking. <laughs> Forget dirty dancing. Forget <laughs> Footloose. Done. Easy. West Side Story. Who's she? Easy. Napoleon. Napoleon Dynamite. And I, I also just want to shout out like some of the other characters are amazing. The brother Kip, freaking <laughs> Uncle Rico. Would you come down here and try to see? <laughs> when you try to hit, yeah. it's amazing. I love the scene where he's working for the chicken farmer. Okay, listen to this. Another inside scoop from the Preston crew. That guy's a local. That farmer, of course. And there was no way to. He was that. never that sentence. He didn't know they were rolling. <laughs> that that thing about I saw a couple of Shoshone arrowheads. Oh that is actually him telling the other actors about how he found an oh arrowhead. Gosh. Oh my god! And they've like gone to the grocery store, my friends, and oh. seen that guy there, and just like he's just a local guy. And also, oh. my friends, my friend Becca's brother is one of the like four or five chicken farmer boys working for him so that's, that's incredible that's, yeah they I took like, tons of locals for this i feel like this movie has like an unending list of fun facts like i i feel like we watched the the commentary on this one a lot growing up yeah. and so we would like hear all of like the fun facts but like they're just like crazy in this type of movie um one of the fun facts that i saw on imdb is this has like one of the longest credits ever for like people on screen because they credited all 181 extras by name oh, yeah. <laughs> it's probably just like they're high schoolers i don't know but that's like pretty cool that's got to be must have preston idaho <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah tina is actually a llama named princess and uh, they knew the owner of the llama and my friends as well i could go on and on they have great stories about it but this was like a huge thing for the town of preston idaho this town is like smaller than North Ogden. So like imagine a film in your town grossing forty grossing million forty six million dollars worldwide. Like that's like a huge cultural stamp. Well that's like the heritage of the town at this point. When you uh when you hire um Hillary Duff's older sister, <laughs> right. Haley Duff Summer Wheatley. Summer Wheatley, you're bound for greatness. Uh, yeah, just yeah, the cast of characters once again, just like the Oh Brother Rarthau. 
Uncle Rico. I think my biggest LOL of the movie, <laughs> the biggest laugh out loud moment continues to be when he gets the steak and throws it at Napoleon's <laughs> face on the bike. They filmed that like 40 times because <laughs> he actually right. wanted yeah. to just, and just the, the sound of the steak hitting his face <laughs> is like, I seriously cannot. It is so funny. The bullying in this movie is it's so good. Bring back bullying. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, I just want my uncle to roll up in a big old van and just start bullying <laughs> yes. me. Because my- we need more of that. <laughs> well, and I was going to say, think about this. We've done Surf's Up, one of the best films of all time. Yeah. We got Diedrich Bader, who's Rex Quando in this movie. Yeah. And we have, <clears throat> sorry, my voice is leaving even more. Um, we have John Heater. As we have Chicken Joe and freaking oh, Frank, true. is it... Frank the Tank Evans, or is it just Tank Evans? Tank Evans. Tank Evans. Yeah. We have two of the most iconic characters in our, like, in our lore, as far as like our Haywoods, <laughs> Martin's lore. It's like partially credited, probably, to this movie. You know what I'm saying? There's, like the fact yeah. that they're both in it is like not really a coincidence. That tends to happen. Like friends, like oh, I have a, you know, I have a friend who, who, or you know, in the in the business who I want to bring in for this, and I feel like there's, I bet that happens because of this. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. so it's just like, and yeah. And, and again, it just like La Fonda. Like we have so she many She was paid cool... 50 bucks, by the way. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, La Fonda. Was she found on the chat room? <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. Yeah, just the chat room scene, the post credit scene of the wedding where Napoleon rides in on the horse. Like the tots. You could go on. You could name hundreds of things in this movie that are just incredibly funny. And it really... Like, people call this a dumb comedy, which, yes, like, it's dumb. But if it was so dumb, why can't you make a $46 million grossing film? Like, clearly, this film has, it's not just dumb. Like, it's so smart in how funny it is. Like, and how just, once again, unapologetically, like, ridiculously funny and dumb. And just, I don't know. I feel like dumb comedies... Like, this is like the cream of the crop. It's just so well-crafted. To go along with that, I feel like there's, there's, there are people that do say, you know, this is, it's a dumb movie because they, they can't understand the humor of it. That's like, I, I think my most recent review kind of explains that. Like, I, I say that people that don't think it's funny are the dumb ones because they yes. can't understand yes. the intelligence of the humor itself, even though it is so dumb. Put them on blast. Um. But yeah, I, that's just, that's probably my, uh, I don't know, biggest criticism of people that don't like the movie. Yeah. You know? I like a criticism of people that don't like it. That's funny. <laughs> you don't have any critiques for our podcast. Yeah, just of the people no, who yeah. don't like If you have bad taste. Yeah, it's just like, relax a little. Like, let your hair down. Laugh at Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. Like, you don't have to rate it five stars if, you know... If you're looking for like different kind of cinematic stuff, that's fine. But if you like actively are like, man, Napoleon Dynamite, I can't believe anyone thinks that's funny. It's like, what do you mean? Watch it. Look at how he how he lives in this Dude, film. We, I remember it was like the third or fourth time we saw it in the theater. We contributed to that forty six million. Um, <laughs> we went with our cousins and. Um, 
it was the literal first shot where it just shows him out front of his house. And we just died because we, you know, you wouldn't normally, <laughs> but because you just knew the aesthetic and knew who he was, yeah. it shows him outside of his house. We, we were like crying, laughing. We were crying, laughing at just That's that, awesome. literally that. And it's just like, it keeps that like once you've, once you've bought in even just a tiny bit to that, the whole thing just is just, it just goes every single scene. You're just like, are you kidding me? We're at the 1%. Is that because you think you're fat? Because <laughs> you could be drinking. Because you're not. You could be drinking. Every, like, it just, like I, we could do this all day long. And it's the so whole funny. subplot of Pedro getting super hot. So he shaves his head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, t- I thought it was my hair that was making my head so hot. So I shaved it all off. <laughs> and it's just like, the best. oh, just unreal. And yeah, just. It's just so like the time machine. Yeah. Like, did you put the crystals in? <laughs> he runs over the the, yeah, the, the, the Tupperware. The, uh, That's funny too. Dang it! <laughs> he just drives away. He just drives away. Plus, plus, plus. Oh yeah, dude. It, we could do this. I'm telling you, it's the best. Just like a classic creepy uncle. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, that's the the creepy part is when sure. he's giving that to the teenage girls, yeah. oh, and they're yeah. like, oh, yeah, it's uncomfy. The boondoggles. Yeah, and just like, she left a buttload of crap on my porch the other day. Just the, (laughs) just the, the verbiage and the language used. It's very much like our culture too. It's very Mormon. It's It's like, yeah, the the actor, yeah, John Hader is a Mormon and like most of the people in this film probably are. Yeah. And they're just using like, Jared Hess used to be, I think when he made this, he was. Yeah. And they just use like the slang that we use. It just seems, this is what Sean said in his review. I'll let him say it. But he said like, and they say white people don't have culture. (laughs) Yeah. Milk toast. Milk toast. Yeah. It's just, it's, this is our culture. And my culture is not a costume. My culture is not your costume. What the heck? Yeah. Like they did Napoleon Dynamite days in Preston, like peach days or like they had a yearly festival for a few years until it fizzled out. Like it's just once again, a cultural stamp on Utah, Idaho area. It's just so funny. Well, and for the next like probably five years after that, it was in every talent show. It was in every every variety, you know, any, any time it would, and every hallway, you're quoting it. Yes, every day. monologues like tater tots. Come on, was that the apex mountain of tater tots? Yeah, seriously, Lake Loch Ness to blow Nessie out of the water. Like I had that whole thing memorized. <laughs> I learned sign language for this movie. Uh, no, just kidding. I didn't. Um, oh, yeah, Jared Hess then did uh, Nacho Libre, which was sweet. I didn't know that until this moment. Of course, they had the same vibe. I prefer Nacho Libre. I think just a little bit. However. I, I enjoy. I'm gonna rewatch Napoleon because I actually didn't get to rewatch it, uh, but I could quote the entire movie. Yeah, to you, you, didn't, you, like. you didn't need to. This is one of the rare times you didn't need to. Oh uh, yeah, super super solid. Ian, do you have anything else that you want to add really quick to the um, to the the, the you know, tie a bow on this Napoleon Dynamite? It's your movie. That's why I say <laughs> it's my movie. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I just love it. I yeah. it's it's fun. I I think. I mean, yeah, anybody can enjoy it. Yeah. Um, the the characters are just so fun. There's so many things that you can quote from it. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a good time. Well, I'm thrilled with your picks. I think our audience will be as well, hopefully. Great palette They'll cleanser. just be happy to watch them after all this. All this um, horror. We went next to Sinister week, in the Conjuring. So next week we have a special little guest star coming. Um, 
I had we had Kent and Max on our pod a while back with Mario. And the other day on Sunday when the family was getting together, our little niece, Allie, comes up to me with watery eyes <gasps> and says, Stop. Trevor, and she's like on the verge of tears. Why won't you let me on your podcast? Stop. I haven't heard this story yeah. yet. Yeah. I'm going to cry. What do you say to your niece? You oh, say yes. Oh, I'll oh, let me everything. look at let me look at our schedule. We have a once a month guest. Mm, okay. No. How does next May work? No, no, no. Clear <laughs> no, it up. Clear I'm it up. putting you on the soon as possible slot. So next week we are doing Mulan and Lilo and Stitch oh, with Allie. Perfect. Um, thanks for being here, Ian. It's been a pleasure. Likewise. And as always, thanks for listening. That's Haywood's Take on Hollywood.